Money, a podcast network that understands the assignment. The Alive Podcast Network has launched the world's first content distribution app tailored by and for podcasters and listeners of color. Subscribers will enjoy a wide variety of shows ranging from spiritual to comedic to inspirational. Podcasters can house their content and merch in one spot and monetize from a central location. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com coming soon to iOS and Android. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. You can thank me later. Hello and welcome to Transformational Thinking with the Hawk. Today's subject is how to recover when you lose your identity, when you lose your self-esteem, when it feels like you really don't know who you are because you've tried so hard to please everyone else. Today's guest is Teresa, and we're going to have a great conversation. We want to share some tools with you that are going to help you, just like Teresa, start rebuilding that quality life, that foundation that you need to thrive in life for success. Stay tuned. All right. Welcome, Teresa. We're so excited about having you as our special guest today. I know this is going to be a great uh, conversation. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited and ready to get into some good combo. Great, great. We got a lot of people out there that we want to help and watch them uh, see their lives changed. And I think by sharing our stories, our life with others, and then coming up with some key elements of how we can um, help them achieve those dreams and goals is what this show is all about. So thank you for being willing to come on. And of course, let's start by um, talking a little bit about um, your background, um, some of the things that you think or feel are key to bringing you to the place that you are today. Yeah, so I grew up in a two-parent household, um, youngest of two children. My mom struggled with a lot of mental illness, um, my sibling as well. Uh, my parents' marriage was not the best, but um, I realized early on that I always just wanted to make everyone in my family happy because they never were, and I early on could sense that there was so much instability, and all I wanted was stability, so I tried to do everything I could to really uh, just brighten the mood and make them smile when I could, and that kind of transcended into my adult life of doing, giving away everything that I had to give to people and leaving nothing for myself. And I'm now at a point where I don't even... I just now figuring out who I am as a person that doesn't involve pleasing everyone around me because I never was able to just look at myself and see or ask myself what did I want because I was always told that was selfish and that was uh, just not the right way to... If I wasn't focused on everyone else's happiness, then I wasn't doing the right thing. So, that, Wow. Well, let's explore that because... Yeah. I think most people who are dealing with challenges, all of us, myself included, um, as we move into adulthood, we bring a broken child. We bring a person 
into our adulthood that has so many challenges and hurts and wounds and things that have not yet been dealt with and are still unresolved. So let's go back just a little bit and just kind of look at that because when or what age do you think it was that you began to feel this sense of responsibility and pressure to be the one that was responsible for making sure everybody else was happy, everybody else was okay? Um, when, when did when, when you think that you yeah. began to actually realize that? I honestly think from my first memories, really, I just remember always being stressed, always seeing or having this feeling that no one, I didn't trust the people in my family to take care of themselves, so how could I trust them to take care of me? And so I would say probably about six or seven, I have a memory of knowing that my parents were going out to the bar and I knew that they were already really really drunk and I knew they were driving and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to go to bed until I made sure that they were home and I remember pretending to be asleep and just laying on the ground or we had made a pallet in the living room and I watched and made sure they were they they got in but they I remember just thinking how did because my brain I still didn't understand why they were acting that way but I just remember thinking how did they even make it home wow and and of course at that age, and to be in a situation where, without any preparation, the level of maturity that you need, you're being kind of thrust into this role of whether you wanted it or not. And even you're not really saying that anybody forced this on you. Yeah, you it's just, I took it. You took it upon yeah. yourself. Because you felt like at that time, or did you sense at that time that basically you were the only one in your household or family that really had a sense of what was going on and Mm -hmm. that it was problematic and how do I become a person that can be responsible to fix this? Yeah, I, because I had an older, I have an older sister And um, I don't know. I just, I think she was going through a lot at the time. And that, or she has gone through a lot since she was born. But her relationship with my parents was always very bad. So I think she kind of had this, um, you know, not just, not hate, but, you know, like resentment towards them. And I think for me it was... She was mad at them, and I never felt like I was allowed to be mad. So I was just sad and worried about everyone, all, like, my parents separately and my sister and trying to make sure that, because I didn't, because I always wondered, you know, is she seeing this? Like, But I never, and I just, I think early on I just felt like, I just was like, I guess this is my job in life. Um, because I saw none of my friends had acted like that at their house, even if there were different issues going on. They were always able to separate themselves or just re- like not take it on as their own burden. Because I would see things at other people's houses that were wor- way worse than what was going on at my house. And, and, but still be able to see them relax. And I, I never, I'm just now, 
I, I didn't know that I've never, I didn't know what relaxing felt like. Because before, ever since I can remember, it's just, and I thought that was, that was my homeostasis. And now realizing that it isn't, it feels really good. But, and I, like you said, no one, you know, no one put that on me. I, I just, I just, I think, I don't know, something inside me, I, you know, just, I know I've been very mature since a very young age, and I've always been told, oh, Lexi, so mature. Lexi, I was praised for being mature. It was, and like, oh, little Lexi is like the little adult, you know, she's doing more things than, you know, and all my friends' parents would compare themselves, compare their, my, my friends to me, which always made me feel really bad, and then my parents would compare, um, you know, why would you be like Lexi, or no, 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 and I would always feel really bad about that, and but it's at the same time I'm getting praise for this, so I think I'm doing something right, so I continue to try to be more mature and understand. And I'm trying to reach, catch up to my parents' level because I realize they can't do it themselves. And I'm trying to get there as quick as I can. And and I realize now I have never, ever been able to be a kid. Wow. Now, that's, that's very, very important because I think a lot of people who have, uh, are dealing with similar situations have had similar experiences. So how much of this do you think is the result? Is it the result of alcoholism or is it a result of a plethora of things that you can identify that then caused you to have to step up and feel Mm -hmm. this burden and this, this weight of I, somebody has yeah. to make everybody okay. It is definitely a combination. The alcoholism was a huge factor in it, especially the area I grew up in. It was very prevalent all the time. You know, like in the neighborhood, everyone's always, all the parents were always drinking, just normal. But on top of that, or underneath that, there were a lot of other issues that that alcohol just was making 10 times worse. And maybe if that, maybe if the alcohol wasn't there, I wouldn't have felt at such a young age that I needed to jump in, but it was on top of you know my mom dealing with a lot of trauma from early in her life and her past marriage, coming in to this marriage, new issues, and then um, you know coming on and off of medications my whole life. So she has dealt with a lot of different um, doctors, and I would you know I'd follow, I would go to all of her doctor's appointments because I was never old enough to stay home so you know and it's it's always like okay so this this medication gave me a bad side effect so we're going to come off and we're going to start something new and she always had you know stomach issues that would unfortunately every time she'd find a medication that would work it would hurt her stomach or right something would go wrong and it would always be like okay we're coming off this and we're going on a new one and like all right Lexi like get ready it's kind of like a get ready I'm coming off a new medication let me know if you notice anything so I can tell my doctor and I'm eight right <laughs> right that's like, oh my god and so, i'm going to the appointments with her and so at this point it's just i never i never really saw her as or like besides financially i didn't see them as like parental figure they didn't make me feel safe right at all so did you have other siblings and did you have to i know you had an older sister yeah but did you have to feel the responsibility of dealing with or trying to assist, right, 
in some of the things that were going on with her? Did you have to cook? Did you have to did you mm. have to do the household responsibilities and go to school? What was that so like? The um, my for the my older sister, so she's five years older than me, and I think the way she, she like I'm trying to think about like our con- the way we were brought they brought up were in the world and how we adjusted to what our parents were and she has a different father than I so there's a different my dad had adopted her when she was young so it kind of was rocky with that you know her never feeling that he loved her as much as he loved me because I was his biological kid and then she had a lot of um, mental things going through and then just the they just. My parents and my sister had a horrible relationship. So she didn't want anything to do with them. She was continuously breaking the rules. She was always grounded. They were always waking up to hearing them screaming at each other. And I just, and she also didn't like that I didn't do anything wrong. I was perfect Lexi. So, and you know, we didn't really get along. And she was, she was very angry all the time. And I get, I get it now, but I didn't feel safe with her either. So I, I had, I really just felt like I had no one. And, you know, we, me and my sister, we would, uh, like, we would take care of each other. And my, they, they would cook. It, it wasn't like I had uh, a lot of um, household responsibility. Like we did, I, we had chores and we would help out. But um, I did, I, I did think, like, so my mom was a stay-at-home um during my childhood, and she was one of basically the only one out of my friends who had a mom who was at home. But you know, I packed my lunches and I had to wash my clothes because, and I didn't think anything of it. It wasn't a big deal to me. But I remember like my friends, like at lunch, you know, like their moms are all packing and writing them cute little notes. And it's not like to me that I was like, oh, that's like I'm still have food in front of me. It's not like a big issue, but it didn't make sense to me because. My mom, I don't, I wouldn't see her for days, just in the room, you know. Sometimes, it, and if I did see her, she was crying, you know. And I'm like, what can I do to just make her laugh? All I wanted to, because if they're laughing, they can't be sad in that exact moment, you know. Wow, that is a, that is amazing that someone that age could feel that sense of pressure and responsibility and. Uh, feel that at such a young time in your life. So moving forward and getting uh, in out of okay, that's the situation. You're you're going to school. You end up going to college, right? Mm-hmm. And I would assume you did awesome. Mm-hmm. So I definitely tried my hardest. <laughs> so then, when you're going through that process after leaving home. How did those, how do you feel like the impact of what you endured and what you felt? Because it seems like to me, you're dealing with the fact that you're not seen, you're not really heard, you're not really valued, but you are doing everything a little girl can do to make things okay. When you are removed from that situation, maybe going to college or whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be, and starting to move forward independently, how do you feel like that impacted you moving forward? 
I definitely impacted the friends I was I would choose to make. Okay. I love to fix people. That's one thing I definitely. We uh, call you to fix. It. Yeah, because okay. you know that's what I felt like I was supposed to do. I felt like I was on this earth to just, for some reason, I have something that maybe other people don't, or I don't, and I can't, and I need to use it to help people. Otherwise, I'm selfish, or I'm, I. I sh- yeah, so definitely the friends. Um, it it affected. I had no confidence. Out, absolutely no confidence. So. So did you feel like that connected you to friends, or made you have it, friends because it, you were always the superwoman stepping in? And it definitely you, made me be the best friend that any everyone's ever had. But I was being who they wanted me to be, so I really wasn't. But it would I would go above and beyond and over and under all these just for because that's what it that's that's what it means to be a friend, no matter if I'm getting it back or not. That's what I have to do. And and that's the right thing to do. And it was always I just wanted to do the right thing. And I, I wanna look at that right quick because listen, this is so important that we want to feel valued. And when we're not giving, given that, that equity and we're not, the investments are not made in us to build us up to, to build that, that mm-hmm. emotional and mental uh, bank account so that it's full yeah. and prosperous and abundant, then when, when that lack is there, it puts us in a position where we're always trying to get value from what we can do for others. And the and the disappointing thing in the time and the painful thing in the time is it never you never get it. I mean, you never ever mm-hmm. get it because like you said, you're not trying to be selfish, but everybody else is. Mm-hmm. So they take they take, they take, they take. When you need something, when you're hurting, when there's a void inside of you that says, what about me? How does that feel? And what's I didn't feel like I had, I didn't deserve to ever say that. I, I, I always felt that no one in my life would be able to handle me not being okay. So why I I'm I was just like I'm stronger than them. So and I see that and I'm not they can't handle any more burdens. So I got used to just never ever telling anyone how I felt. Wow. And it's affected it's it's hard coming into you know adulthood now my brain's basically done developing and I'm I'm having I'm remembering things with new perspectives, and I'm seeing them differently, and I'm so angry. And I know, I just wish I could have gotten some of this out before and didn't have to hit all at once, because I I realize I've never been angry. I've been sad my whole life, but I've never, I didn't know what anger really felt like, because I didn't feel like I was allowed to be angry. And so now, it's it's hard because, you know, with my family members, 
they're, you know, they're still on the same mind wavelength they were or mindset kind of maybe growing, but I mean like their brains were the same developed then as they are now. And now mine was still developing and now I have these new, and I don't really want to have to sit them down and be like, yo, what happened? This wasn't okay. Because I still feel like if I do, they, they won't want to be you know I still have that fear that if I tell the people I love that they hurt me they'll just leave right and I can't afford I feel like I can't afford I I, yeah wow well listen um let's that's amazing to me and I think that we're going to talk about it in a little bit about some things we're going to do to address it but real quick um because we only have 30 minutes um, but today, but let's get to the point where it really came unraveled for you when it mm-hmm. really, you hit what we call bottom and what was that about yeah. and what happens? Yeah. So about a year or year after I graduated or when I graduated college, a couple months after I moved and started a full-time job with my degree, um, doing what I just thought I was always going to do, what I was, you know, everything had been planned out for me, mapped out, and this is just the way life was. And, you know, I didn't really like it, but I didn't think I had a right to say I didn't like it. And um, I was in a really unhealthy relationship that was the result I see now of everything. And the person I chose is a result of everything I went through. Super pleaser. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was it was kind of like a parasite host situation. Mm-hmm. I was the host, and he was a parasite. Oh, yes. And it was, it sucked. It was that combination of finally being away from my family, so now their influences isn't aren't in my head so much, in this relationship that is, I'm like, why am I allowing this? Why, this is not normal. This, I, I, and because it's like, oh, he's hurting. Oh, he's been through things. Oh, I, I, I empathized. I empathize so much with people that I, to use it as an excuse for them to hurt me because I know it's not me. They're not doing it to me. It's, it's what was happened to them. And so I quit. I got to a point where my job just, I didn't want to be awake. Sleeping was my favorite thing to do because it was the only piece I ever found. And um, I just, I had never really thought about suicide. Um, I, my sister had tried a couple times, and I knew a lot of people who had, and I always just thought, like, I can't understand that. That just seems so selfish to me right. that you would put the people around you through that. Like, if my sister had been successful, like, was she, was she thinking about me? Like, what do I... Like, what was, you know? And it was a scary realization that I was like, that shit makes sense now. Sorry. But, um, like, it was like, it was, it was, it wasn't that I wanted to do it, but it finally made sense to me. Exactly. And that's what scared me. The pain. It was, it was just getting too much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I've seen, like, I, my family has, 
my mom and my sister, you know, been in some really bad situations, and I know it's because of past trauma and things, they didn't work out, and I really didn't want to see that happen to me. Right. So you were working a great job. I was making, making a lot, lot of money, money. Yeah. And you just do said, everything. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Just, what did you do? Just walk in and say that I'm... I, I was working from home because it was during COVID times, and I just remember being so nervous, but I just set a message, I set a meeting with my boss, and I said, I, I just, I don't know, I can't do it. I don't, I don't, I don't know, and I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't, and and he was really supportive, and he was like, I hear, he, he said, and I remember thinking or saying something like, I don't know if you wanted to like. I thought he was gonna try to persuade me or like try to maybe move me to a different team, you know. And he's like, I hear it in your voice. You're done. So, like, he wanted that for me. Not just. It was. I had never been so proud of myself. And these little things keep happening now. I keep looking in the mirror. And I'm like, who is this? And it seems like such a crazy thing, but the idea of me quitting a job, quitting anything, I would never. I just, and I chose, I chose to do that for no one else but myself. And I think that was the first time I've ever done that. Wow, that is so powerful. And so many people miss it because they don't, have the courage mm-hmm. at some point to stop and say, what about me? And this is the beginning of healing for you. This is the mm-hmm. beginning of uh, uh, reestablishing yourself. And moving forward over the next few minutes, we're going to talk about some of the things that you're going to do and we're going to mm-hmm. talk about you can do to really begin to move yourself forward and deal with these um hurts and traumas, okay? Okay. So number one, what I want to say is that counseling, having conversations with professionals, um, finding the right match for you, someone who connects with you, not just any therapist or counselor, but someone you really can feel good about and know that they are going to give you their very best. Right. Mm -hmm. That's key. Um, That's just just par for the course. The second thing is I tell people like yourself, journaling is a powerful tool that most people underestimate. I have a lot of male clients that come to me and I tell them about this type of journaling that I'm going to share real quickly and they oh that's not what is that going to do? I'm you know the (laughs) macho thing you know writing right? But after doing it for a couple of weeks, they come back and they say, wow, I didn't know that it would impact me like that. So journaling is a powerful way to process and get out on paper and get it out of you. Toxic things, ways of thinking, feelings, emotions, and traumas so that you could look at them as an adult because you absorb them as a kid and you've never taken them out of the box and looked at them. As an adult, you have the responsibility now 
to take charge of your life and to look at those things and many of them imposed on you at a very young age and make a decision to address them. You hold them accountable and you hold your words accountable so that you process it, you look at it, and you own it. But then you also own the right to go back in your second journaling, which I say the first one could be either the morning or the night, it's up to you. The second journaling, morning or night, which whenever you decide to do, is to go back and be intentional about checking those emotions. Where did that come from? Who told you that? What makes that true? And anything that is painful, hurtful, or a lie, or not true, you now, as an adult, have the right to change it and make your own declaration about what was once everybody else's decision. See, you you put up with that as a child. You didn't know any better. You were young. You were you were unable to really process and think through it like an adult would. But now you take back your power. You look at it and you say, no, that's not right. That's not going to happen. This is what it's going to be from now on, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to change that and I'm going to make it my own truth. And I'm going to empower myself to look at it, deal with it, and put it to rest. All right? Now, one more thing is I want you to go back to to the little Teresa that you were at seven years old. And I want you to write her a letter. And I want you to tell her how much she means how much her life means, how much she's loved and valued, right? What your dreams are for her, where you want her to go in life, that she deserves it, that it's her right, that she's worth it. I don't care how long it takes to write that letter. You're probably have to It'll be a stop. long one. It's gonna, it's gonna yeah. be a long one, and you're probably gonna have to stop several times to get yourself together to get through it. But once you get through it and write this letter to the little seven-year-old, eight-year-old Teresa, then guess what? You have to give. That's you. So you would be a hypocrite yeah. to tell seven-year-old Teresa that this is what you should have and this is what I want for you and then not give it to yourself. That's wild. And you know, that is going to be a very powerful process, very deep process, and it's going to be a very emotional process, but it's going to be like a cleansing. It's going to be like, Mm -hmm. wow, I'm going to, I'm going to, everything that is in that little girl, painful, hurtful, dark, depressing, uh, whatever it is in a negative way, she didn't have a choice, but you do. Yeah. Now you have to take back your power and tell her what it's going to be. 
because nobody's ever done that before. Right? Yeah. And the only person that has the power and the authority to do it's that me. is you. And you're going to do it. Listen, I this has been powerful. I wish we had more time. I, I would love to have you back sometime in the future Mm -hmm. so that we can talk. I want to work with you some and um, just watch your life just blossom and watch you just get re-anchored in your identity and and the powerful woman you are. And you are great. You are powerful. And there's so many uh, people listening to me today. I want you to hear me. You don't have to live with the lie. You don't have to live with the trauma of your history as a young person. No matter what it was, you have to take back the power and say, that isn't me. This is me. And I am worth it. I matter. I am enough. And when you begin to do that... You'll see your life change in so many powerful ways. Thank you so much, Teresa, for being with us today. And I hope that so many of you out there are listening, that you've gotten inspiration, you've gotten value today. And now, we want you to live your best life. Once again, this is Transformational Thinking. This is The Hall here with Teresa. We want you to have a great life. Well, thank you so much for joining us today for this conversation. Let us know how this benefited you from the day's episode. You can follow me at Hawkins Solutions, Facebook, Instagram, HawkinsSolutions.com. We are grateful for this platform, the AlivePodcast.com. Music by Audio Vibes. Be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from the show. And remember, you have the ability to change the trajectory and the course of your life through transformational thinking.